So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It is another edition of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Please do download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You can be on the lookout for my ML Sports Take videos and nine minutes with Mike Lindsley all over YouTube, Facebook, IGTV, Instagram, and, of course, TikTok and the like. And you can uh, hit me on my Facebook ML Sports Platter uh, page as well. Just like that and check out all the interviews uh, as we move forward here, trying to get the biggest and best in the world of sports. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, and our great, great friends over at Axe Exotic Pets. Snakes, birds, aquariums, amenities, crickets, you need it, they've got it. Specialty items and more. Axe Exotic Pets in and around Central New York. Get on over there on Route 11 in Cicero. Also, a tip of the cap, thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families, as well as Rosie's Corner and the Vince Aguera Consulting Group for their support of the ML Sports Platter. I am super pumped up to bring in the next guest of the ML Sports Platter. He is one of the best in the business, a New York Times best-selling writer, public speaker, college lecturer, and radio commentator. He only tweets when he actually has something to say. It is the great John U. Bacon, John Bacon on Twitter, at John U. Bacon. Why do we have John back on? Well, because he's written a brand new book, and I'm telling you, go get it online where books are sold and uh, at your nearby bookstores. It's called Let Them Lead, Unexpected Lessons in Leadership from America's Worst High School Hockey Team, Ted Lasso Meets the Mighty Ducks, according to Dan Shaughnessy. Make sure you go out and get it. Major bookstores, Amazon.com, online platforms where books are sold. John Bacon, welcome aboard. Congratulations, my friend. How are you? John, welcome back. Congratulations on the work, man. I appreciate that, Michael. So what is the main message you're trying to get through in this book? Main message is that we underestimate the upcoming generation. Uh, whether it's millennials or Generation Z, we're told that they're lazy and they're selfish and they're entitled and blah, blah, blah. Well, if they are, it's our fault for coaching them so badly. Uh, they actually will do amazing things if you, A, set high expectations, and, B, if you put them in charge, make them accountable to each other, and let them take over, you'll be amazed at what they can do. That's the main message. So one thing that's interesting is, you know, there's so many factors in sports to success. And, you know, again, we're, we're recording this on a Monday where it's overreaction Monday in the NFL. Everybody, you know, <laughs> is going nuts in Buffalo Bills land because they played a good team, a great defense, and lost with the most hype expectations uh, and, and craziness and fans back in the stands for two years, probably since, I don't know, the early 90s, and they lost the game, and now, you know, well well over half the fan base thinks that the world is ending. Um, you know, it takes a lot for an NFL quarterback to succeed. It takes a lot for an, an NHL centerman to succeed. 
you know, great coaches need great quarterbacks. You've never seen guys go into the Hall of Fame without great coaching. How much of coaching uh, has changed the last 20 years in terms of exactly what I'm speaking about, needing that great coach in sports, in hockey as well? I guess never been more important than your new coach at uh, Buffalo Sabres, of course, not too far down the road, of course, is uh, uh, Donnie Granato, old hockey buddy of mine, who is reading the book right now and likes it very much. So hmm. go get him, Grazi. But uh, anyway, I think it's changed quite a bit. Look, in the old days, I'm 57. When I was growing up, uh, the main approach most coaches and leaders had was my way or the highway. It's a dictatorship, uh, command and control, and you just put up with it, basically. Um, and then the new way, of course, is you know casual Fridays and taco Tuesdays and kombucha machines and all this stuff, beanbag chairs. And the problem with both approaches, Michael, is neither one works not anymore. Mm. So uh, the third way I'm pitching is, uh, um, is coaching, basically. And I think back to your favorite teacher, and I've asked this question around the world, who was it? And I've never been told once from Vancouver to Sao Paulo that the favorite teacher, she, he or she, was easy. Uh, they're always amongst your hardest teachers, but they cared about you and they pushed you, and you did not want to disappoint them. That's the approach you want to get going now. Now, look, in the NFL, it's still a talent game, obviously. Coaching alone can't get you all that. Uh, but coaching alone has got to be worth three or four games a year. Got to be, which is why the team, you know, is doing poorly. What do they do? They fire the coach, not the quarterback. So that explains it. Well, it's interesting because, obviously, you played for the Ann Arbor here on High School River Rats, um, and obviously I, I think later on, right, was was where you found maybe an extra connection. When did when did all of the thoughts come in full with, with that club and, and, and in the future doing what you're doing now? When did it all kind of connect? Sure. Well, a little background. The team I took over in 2000 was 0, 22, and 3. Uh, ranked dead last uh, nationwide. How about that, Michael? So uh, that's kind of impressive in a way. They're thinking about killing the program, dropping out of the league, all this stuff. And a lot of guys were going to quit on their own anyway. And then they, uh, I applied for the job despite being the worst player in school history. And that's not false modesty. I can prove this. Uh, 86 <laughs> games in a Huron uniform. Three seasons, solid, didn't miss a game. Uh, with the fewest goals, zero. And that's very hard to beat, I think. So... Uh, worst player in school history, worst team in America. Yeah, this can be a great combination. So what do you do? Uh, first thing I did is I got help. Um, and the help I got was from Al Clark, uh, legendary coach at Culver Academies. Um, has the record for the most wins of any high school coach with 1,017. Uh, he said that the best way to make it special is to make it hard. That's the exact opposite advice that everyone else is telling me. Uh, make it so hard that just to make the team, you've done something. And once you get that established, he said, that the players with a little guidance will maintain their own culture because now they feel special, and they don't want anyone coming in who does not feel special. And it works with the Navy SEALs, it works with the Peace Corps, um, it works with the Harvard Law School. Why is it a big deal? Because it's hard to get into, that's why. So whatever's hard, we admire, and that's what he told me to set up. So that's your first step is to raise the bar, raise the expectations to be higher than everyone else's, and it works. What do you hope people say about the book when they get done with it? Uh, it made me a better leader. Uh, I now understand what I can do and also what one of my players pointed out, and these guys are now in their mid-30s and often leaders themselves. Even if you're not a leader in your organization, it will show you how you can be a leader whether you have that title or not. Because we talked about in my, in my team layers of leadership, and that is that not just the head coach versus the team, you're going to lose. 
we had the head coach, the assistant coaches, the captains, the seniors, the juniors, the sophomores. And the point of that was that uh, our joke was um, we have a name for those who lead by example. They're called sophomores. All that means is you know your job, you can do your job. Mm. When you're a junior, I want you to know your job, do your job, and know everyone else's job. When you're a senior, I want you to know your job, do your job, know everybody else's job, and help them do their jobs better. And whether your title is leader or not in your organization, you can do this. Michigan is such a hockey hotbed. Some people may not realize how crazy it is. Um, can you get into, you know, when you first got into the sport, loving the sport, and really Michigan as being an, an underrated hockey state? Yeah, because two things about the state of Michigan. Um, Minnesota's got the public schools, of course, that uh, compete. That's the 1980 Olympic uh, Miracle on Ice team, of course, a lot of those guys. And Massachusetts has got the private schools. That's usually where the best hockey is played, not always. Um, and those guys also, of course, ended up on that team as well. So uh, Michigan's kind of forgotten a bit in the middle, but it's usually right there. We play juniors in Michigan, the best players usually, which is basically AAA travel team stuff. Um, so with that in mind, it gets less attention uh, than private schools and public schools playing for state titles. But uh, Michigan's produced uh, hundreds of NHL players by now including Mark and Marty Howe, Gordy Howe's kids, two of the first to come out of the state of Michigan uh, as professionals. So, um, yeah, it's possible, but uh, it was fun to do. And uh, you asked earlier where I got my ideas from. I got them from being a sports writer, talking to Bo Schimbeckler for his book, Herb Brooks, The Miracle on Iceman, um, a lot of others, of course, and just consulting with everybody I could possibly get. One of the keys here, Michael, is get help. <laughs> Nobody can do this by themselves. Get help, and you're a lot better off. Right. See, it's just like the NFL quarterback that we just talked about, or the NHL centerman. You know, you, you can't. You can be amazing, but you need you need a little bit of help. Obviously, even even the elites of the elites, they have great great teammates. Our guest is John Bacon. The new book is "Let Them Lead: Unexpected Lessons in Leadership from America's Worst High School Hockey Team." Go get it. The New York Times bestselling author on Amazon.com and uh, online where books are sold in your nearby bookstores. As well, uh, the New York Times best-selling writer, public speaker, and college lecturer is also on Twitter at John U Bacon. Um, one thing I find really interesting at the lower le- like youth levels and 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 young, you know, elementary, middle school, etc., is the bond that people form with their coaches and what they you know they w- w- the bond they form with. T- you mentioned teachers would be included in there as well. Can you dive into a little bit some stories with bonds that you forged with youngsters, John? Oh, sure, absolutely. In fact, of the 54 players I've coached, I'm in touch with pretty much all of them. Hmm. And they come back every summer now, 17 years, 20 years in some cases, after I coached them. We've got a barbecue every summer in our backyard, and they fly in from Washington, D.C. and elsewhere. And I go to their weddings. I went to one two weeks ago. Um and, uh, and that bond is still there, and that, that is the most gratifying thing. The biggest thing we're trying to set up when we start the team is not X number of wins or X number of titles or all-state players, whatever else. We wanted those things. Those were certainly on our agenda, but that was not the purpose. That was not the goal. The goal is to create a family, and as corny as that sounds, Michael, find me a great team that really isn't one. And when you see the highlight tapes way back when, the Buffalo Bills and the Marv Levy time and so on, uh, four straight Super Bowls, you find teams like that, you'll find these bonds, that, and those guys are all still in touch. It's amazing how that happens, but that's not an accident. So what you really want, above all else, is a family. When did you first fall in love with hockey? 
Uh, when I was three years old, my mom was Canadian, man. <laughs> <laughs> Done deal then. So my yeah. dad's from Scarsdale, New York. He can't skate. That's typical of that time from Scarsdale. Yeah. But uh, in the 30s and 40s and 50s and so on. But uh, my mom's Canadian. So yes, in fact, Michael, I am half Canadian bacon. So how about that? I love but, it. Uh, from the start. Did So when you coach high school hockey, how much do you, how, how advanced of a skater do you have to be as a coach? Uh, I was actually, for all the jokes about my bad play, I ended up getting a pretty decent top five score in our league a couple times. Okay. And I barely got to play with the former Michigan players and hang out for dear life, I grant you, but I can, I can at least hold my own. But uh, uh, yeah, it helped to be able to do the thing. But I also made a case here in this book, Michael, that think about the, the best athletes of all time, like Ted Williams and Wayne Gretzky and so on. Magic Johnson, there's three sports you can name right there. Um, Forrest Gregg, Bart Starr, you name pretty much all four sports. The best athletes were often the worst coaches or not very good coaches. And the best coaches are who? Bill Belichick, um, played at Wesley in Connecticut, of course. Um, Scotty Bowman, of course, he coached Buffalo for a while. Uh, he never made it even to the, to the NHL or anywhere close to it, of course. So, And Casey Stengel of the New York Yankees yeah. said, uh, I was not very good at baseball, as it is a game of skill. So, <laughs> so don't worry about that. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. So, yeah, it helps to be a good skater. You've got to be out there on the ice. Of course, you can't coach from the bench. Um, but you don't have to be that good. Uh, you have to know who the smartest guys are and make sure they're on your team. You've authored 12 books on business, sports, history, health, five of which are bestsellers on the New York Times list. As you've grown as an author, what what have you learned the most, and how did the other books leading up to this one help you? Yeah, that's a very good question, Michael, and one I don't think I've ever gotten before. Um, yes, I've written a lot about college football. Uh, a few of the best sellers are there. Um, John Saunders of ESPN, uh, he and I did his book on mental health called Playing Hurt. Um, it's also a bestseller, The Great Halifax Explosion. About history it happened in 1917 in Halifax, blew the city up, and Boston basically saved them, um, or did a big chunk of it. And now this book on leadership. So my agent at William Morris says, you know, hey, you, you, it seems like you're not focused. And I said, no, I got range. So what I find is almost all books end up being about leadership, whether it's an explosion or mental health. Um, obviously, college football and a book on leadership, but almost all stories end up being on leadership. People either did or did not receive. So. That's kind of life. You obviously have been very close to the college football scene. Uh, I read your book, The Rise, Fall, and Return of Michigan Football, extremely detailed, and I really enjoyed it. You also did Fourth and Long, The Fight for the Soul of College Football, uh, Three and Out, Rich Rodriguez and the Michigan Wolverines and the Crucible of College Football. It, it, it's endless. Uh, Bo's Lasting Lessons. Can, what are your initial thoughts of the start of college football here? Uh, what have you seen? Maybe some takeaways and, and dive into Michigan a little bit here. What kind of a year you think they'll have? Sure. I think it's kind of a wild west, all the more so for two reasons. One, after the weird COVID year and some teams played five or six games like Michigan, some teams played a lot more and some, some teams played almost none. So right here you're getting kind of a weird jittery year where you can't quite tell who's good and who isn't. Second thing with NIL, the name, image, and likeness, of course. Uh, players allowed to be paid now and so on. That's going to be Wild West, and I don't think anyone knows how that's going to shake out quite. Uh, so the usual predictability of the sport, to some degree, 
um, is is already upside down. It seems like uh, Michigan has started off pretty well at two and zero, but uh, in Ann Arbor, of course, until you beat the Buckeyes, uh, <laughs> they're always going to hold back some uh, yep. some enthusiasm. Michigan's only beaten Ohio State twice this century. It's hard to believe. <laughs> um, but I say, you know, hey, Penn State's off to a good start. Um, so it's it's a fun year to watch, to say the least. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, who were some of your favorite hockey players growing up? Uh, my favorites were Alex Del Vecchio from the Detroit Red Wings because he's a great passer. Yeah. He retired when I was about 10. So my next favorite was Yvonne Cornway, not too far from you in Montreal. Um, he's shorter than I am, for crying out loud, five foot six, and he was a whole lot faster than I ever was, of course, and a great playmaker. He's a fun player to watch. I've got to know him as an adult, both of them, in fact, and they're both great guys, which, as you know, is not always the case when you meet your heroes. So those are my two favorites, but Phil Esposito's got to be on that list as well, Brad Park. Um, names you guys know from that neighborhood, of course. So yeah, that's that's some good stuff. Some good some good guys on that list. Uh, a couple more for you here, John. Again, John Bacon here on the ML Sports Platter uh, at John U Bacon on Twitter. Go get the new book. Let them lead. Uh, let them lead. It's where Ted Lasso meets the Mighty Ducks, according to Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe. That's a heck of a quote there, huh? The, the testimonial from Dan. John? I've never met Dan, but I'll take that one all day long. So thanks, Dan. And we're getting some Hollywood sniffs, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, it's a very cinematic story, and right now I'm working on a screenplay with the guy who did uh, D3 Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks, um, Jim Bernstein. So we'll wow. see where that goes. Wow, no kidding. Um, is, is it more likely or less likely in high school hockey today to rebound from the basement or fall to the basement from the top. You know, almost the, the NFL feel, right? Rise as quick as you fall, fall as quick as you rise. Is it easier or harder to do either of those things today? Well, I mean, when you're 0, 22, and 3, everything's kind of hard, but uh, they work through it. But I would say on the grand scale, yeah, I'd rather attack the castle than have to defend it. Hmm. Uh, the, the programs that really impressed me, I know that they're not too popular in your neck of the woods, but you got to give them credit. The New England Patriots have been sure. basically the team to beat for about 15 years. That's extremely hard. Yep. Uh, you know they're coming after you every time. You're the red-letter game. Um, when you're Penn State football, you get the same kind of treatment, I think. Uh, Syracuse basketball, traditionally, same thing. Um, it's very hard to be the favorite that many years in a row and hold your spot. So attacking the castle is exciting. Defending the castle can be tiring. So that's the difference. It's still, I'd still rather be the champion than the runner-up, but uh, it's harder in many ways. What does the um, future of the Red Wings look like? What's next for that team? It was pretty morbid for about four or five years in Detroit, but uh, when Stevie Eiserman, right up there with Gordie Howe, of course, came back from building the Tampa Bay Lightning into a two-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, things looked a whole lot different. As long as the Illich family that owns both the Red Wings for the last 40 years or so and the Tigers for about 30 years, as long as they are in charge uh, and they let Stevie Eiserman do his thing, Ready to be back in three to five years, somewhere in there. I think so, too. I actually obviously witnessed a lot of what he did with the Tampa Bay Lightning because their farm team is the Syracuse Crunch. And, man, the development and everything, and then passing it on down to the current executives now, the guy is super smart. Um, final question for you, John. You've sure. obviously done so much now, and your resume is so great. You, you, you've been on the, the New York Times bestselling list five times, as I mentioned, 12 books, uh, working on documentaries, working on so many different things, public speaking, college lecturing, uh, radio commentating. Um, 
has there ever been a moment where I know you love what you do, but has there ever been a moment for you, especially in writing books, where you're like, "Man, this is just a little too much. It's a little much right now." <laughs> do you ever have those moments? Oh, every time out. Really? Uh, every book has got what I call in the middle, what I call a death valley, hmm. where you're in the middle of it. You're you don't have enough time. You're convinced. Uh, you don't know enough. Uh, the guns at your head, and you're you're about to be exposed as a fraud. So that only happens in every single book. So. Luckily, you fight through that, and three quarters way through, through, you feel like, okay, I'm okay, I can do this. And it's very similar to the psychology of you know putting the puzzle together. You start out, you're all excited, you get the corners, you get the edges. Um, near the end, of course, it's fun, and it's you know you don't want it to end. Uh, in the middle, you have no idea what you're doing, and that's <laughs> and that's true with every book so far. By the way, uh, before I let you roll, can you just give my listeners any extra things that I missed? Plug you know, websites, uh, anything that you want to uh, let people know about, number one, and then number two, uh, any and all places that they can go grab the book, Let Them Lead, uh, by you, John Bacon. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Um, no, you nailed it. Uh, the website is letthemleadbybacon.com, and you can order the book from anywhere you want on that site, whether it's Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your local independent. I'd like to support them, too. Uh, we also have a new podcast called Let Them Lead. Uh, we already have uh, four or five great folks on there now. Uh, I just started last week. We already have about 1,000 hits, so we're getting there fast. So check that out as well. So thank you so much, Michael. You, uh, By the way, your listeners, hope they appreciate you. You do your homework and you ask great questions, and I appreciate that. Thank you, John. John Bacon, Let Them Lead, Unexpected Lessons in Leadership from America's Worst High School Hockey Team. Let them lead by bacon.com. Go listen to the podcast. Go buy the book online where books are sold. And of course, your local bookstores as well at John U. Bacon on Twitter. John, take care, okay? Michael, thank you. ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great friends over at Welch and Company Jewelers. Log on to the website today, welchjewelers.com. That's welchjewelers.com. Big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Rosie's Corner, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Axe Exotic Pets, and Ken's Auto Detailing. I just wanted to quickly end the podcast with about, I don't know, five to ten minutes uh, on some college football uh, from um, this past week and just kind of some takeaways on the top 25 side. And, um, you know, I'm going to do a deep dive into Syracuse, uh, <laughs> you know, later um, later in the week. I, I need more time. I, I need to read up more on it. Uh, need to watch more of the, the game tape and such, but uh, I, I will do that. Um, I wanted to just kind of hit top 25 stuff. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina looks really good. I mean, that that offense hums, and that special teams is amazing. They beat Kansas by 27 points. I'm telling you right now, this team is really, really good. They're legit. They're not quite top echelon in college football. But, man, you take a look at some of these guys between, you know, uh, uh, Reese White, and you look at McCall at quarterback, you look at uh, the kid, I think it's Healy uh, at receiver. They've got pros on the roster, so watch out every week for Coastal Carolina, a team that can put up between 40 and 50 every single week. Alabama rolls again, and you can't say enough about this team. I mean, I know they only played Mercer, but good God. Bryce Young, Brian Robinson Jr., Earl catching the football. Uh, Mechie's still going to do some damage all year. Unbelievable. Georgia pounded UAB, no surprise there. Um, Oklahoma pounded Western Carolina. There were a lot of games like this. Uh, Texas A&M beat Colorado 10 to seven. That could have been real dicey for A&M. Uh, but you know what? He made the, uh, Spiller made that clutch TD catch, uh, for A&M to win it. 
Uh, Clemson rolled South Carolina State. Cincinnati pounded Murray State. Notre Dame just snuck by Toledo. Uh, Michael Mayer catches the ball from Jack Cohen. And by the way, that was a dangerous game for Notre Dame. They, they looked like they were out of that game for a long, long time. But I got news for you. Michael Mayer is literally the Travis Kelsey of Notre Dame football. I mean, he is a spectacular tight end. And oh, by the way, he's only a sophomore. He has all the tools. I mean, this guy, he's got size. He's got speed, 6'4", 250 pounds, uh, hands, the footwork, running all the pro routes he can run. I, the guy's spectacular. And Notre Dame barely gets it done against Toledo. Iowa over Iowa State was really impressed. Again, I, I keep telling Syracuse fans, I tell a lot of people, fans across college football with their programs, there's a lot of people who would love to be Iowa every year. They're there every year, top 10, top 15, top 20. They pump pros to the NFL. Uh, they've got, uh, they, they win spectacularly at, at home and on the road. They always get that big upset. And then in a rivalry game against Iowa State on the road, they win this game, and they're 2-0, and they look really, really, really good right now. Despite some of the Iowa State offensive stardom that you heard going into this game, Iowa wins it 27-17. Penn State rolls, Ball State, Florida rolls, uh, South Florida Stanford with the kind of a quasi-upset here of USC, 42-28. USC was ranked 14th. That's a huge win for the Cardinal. Uh, Texas gets blown out by Arkansas, and all I have to say is Texas being Texas. Good grief. When are we going to take these guys seriously? Super overrated, super overhyped this year, just like USC was, just like North Carolina was. There's always two or three teams in college football who fit that bill. Wisconsin rolls Eastern Michigan. Virginia Tech rolls Middle Tennessee. Ole Miss pounds uh, Austin PA. BYU nips Utah 26-17. That's a great win for BYU. Miami barely beating Appalachian State. Good Lord. Appalachian State, they're always there, aren't they, giving top teams trouble? Derek King uh, and company doing just enough in this game. Uh, it was nip and tuck for a while. They were down at the half, 14-12. to Arizona State rolls UNLV. North Carolina gets back in the win column with a win over Georgia State. Sam Howell puts up more of those Heisman numbers, of course, but let's see him against better competition. I think he's still really, really good, obviously, but the rest of the team, uh, let's see them against better competition. Auburn rolls Alabama State. And the final game to hit on here quickly in the top 25 is Ohio State and Oregon. This game was so... I, seven points to me didn't really do Oregon justice. I, I thought this game was so one-sided with Oregon just dominating. I think Oregon's a really good football team. I think they have a legitimate shot, and now that I say this, they'll probably get rolled in the coming weeks by somebody. But when you look at Anthony Brown, you look at the kid C.J. Verdell, who was the best player on the field at running back, 20 carries, 161, and two touchdowns, and he caught three passes for 34 yards and a touchdown. He was the best player by far on either side of the ball, I thought. Uh, Verdell Jr. out of Chula Vista, California. He's super small in terms of his height, but he's a big boulder type guy. He's a big rock. 215 pound kid, and he just ran through Ohio State. I mean, that's a legit defense. That's a top, you know, five team in America. And Ohio State got rolled in this game. They got rolled at the line of scrimmage. The tackling was not good. Uh, C.J. Stroud had, a, a, obviously, a, 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 just a crazy game. 35 of 54 at quarterback for 484 yards and three touchdowns. But he did throw the interception. Uh, he did share the rock with a, a bunch of different guys. Um, you know, he threw it to uh, to uh, O'Clave, and uh, I think it's Smith. Ningba, I think is how you pronounce that last name. I, I've heard it a million different times. 
a, a million different ways. But shared it with them. Garrett Wilson's obviously a stud. You're not going to have to worry about Ohio State. I think those three players, those three wide receivers, along with um, you know Williams running the football, and they got a little bit out of Henderson there. C.J. Stroud's a stud. Um, you know, I know I know that Quinn Ewers is is you know sort of lurking in the background. He had left uh, early from high school to get to 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 Ohio State early uh, to play quarterback and the like. But the reality is, C.J. Stroud's a starter on this team. Uh, we could see Quinn Ewers, uh, you know, in the not too distant future for sure. Uh, I would expect C.J. Stroud. I mean, look, he's a freshman. Both these guys are freshmen, which is scary for the rest of the Big Ten and college football. I think Ohio State will be fine. I think Ohio State's going to roll through the Big Ten. I really do. Their schedule is a joke coming up. I mean, a freaking joke. They've got Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. They're going to roll all those teams. At Indiana might be a little bit tough. Then they got Penn State at home. Again, should win that game. Might be close for a while. Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, all roll jobs, I think. And then you got the big one at Ann Arbor on November 27th. Uh, against Michigan for the rivalry game. So I think Ohio State will be fine. I think they lost to a really good team uh, in uh, in Oregon. I think they're going to have to clean up the line of scrimmage uh, if they want to win out uh, against the big teams especially. Mike Lindsley here with you. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter. We're brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, the Allen Angus Pub, Stanley Law Offices, and our good friend Heather Saxton of Hunt Real Estate. If you're in and around Central New York, get on over to Facebook and check her out, Heather at Hunt. You'll see me share a lot of her stuff, 315-727-3313, 315-727-3313. Heather Saxon, Hunt Real Estate, the official real estate agent of the ML Sports Platter. She gets it done. Buying and selling homes is obviously extremely difficult, extremely stressful and time-consuming. She can help you out with that. Thanks again for listening. At Mike L Sports is my Twitter handle. Thanks again to John Bacon for joining me here on the platform. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal and I know this is true because before breakfast (laughs) I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. price and participation may vary McDonald's I'm loving it Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. 
Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.